Well, good morning. If I've not met you, my name's Tom. Uh, welcome this morning if, if you're here for the first time. And uh, we hope, uh, my, I always hope that when people come for the first time that they're overwhelmed with our friendliness. So hopefully you have been overwhelmed this morning um, and overwhelmed with worshiping our Lord. So I um, wanted to ask a question. If you're a golfer here, if you've played golf even one round in your life, well, <laughs> nobody wants to admit this. Yeah. <laughs> what would it be like to play golf with an entire 18 holes with just your putter? Could you get through it? <laughs> you might do as good as you, yeah, because drivers can be dangerous, can't they? Um, but, but you think about it, playing a round of golf with just a putter, you would make it through. But it would be painful, wouldn't it? it and and. And you would have to, like, improvise on a lot of things if all you had was, you would probably need well, maybe less golf balls because you probably wouldn't lose much because you wouldn't hit them that far. But you, would, you could just walk the whole course with just your putter. And you can get through it, but it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I, in, the, in the industry that I work in, we have, you know, sets of tools. And the tools are, are pretty rudimentary. They're just... Different rods bent in different areas, different angles. And I have tools that are 20 years old that I still use every single day. And I have one tool, it's my bread, I call it my bread and butter tool. So if like my son happens to come with me to do a job, I'll say, grab the bread and butter tool once I see the, the damage that I need to repair. And he knows which tool it is. And that tool I could do a lot of work with. And I could even improvise and use it in different, you know, applications. But I find at times that if I had the right tool in my hand, that the job would be easier. It'd be more useful for me to have accurate tools for the repair I'm having to do. In fact, um, because I haven't upgraded tools in 15 years, I mean, I bought a few tools here and there. I'm actually going to fly down to Florida in a couple weeks for a trade show where I'm going to actually buy some tools to help me in my work to, to just become more, more efficient and more useful, and that way I could get through jobs quicker and make more money. And so uh, I just find this idea that if, you know, we could take certain things and load ourselves up with them and go do the jobs in life, but when we have the proper tool, when we're walking out with the proper set of tools, we get the job done, and we're more efficient, and there's less stress. If you ever watch a mechanic work on a car, it's amazing to watch a guy who knows what he's doing with the right tools performing a task than if you watch me performing a task on a car. <laughs> and so kind of a little sneak into what we're going with today is, you know, we wrap up the Christmas season. We've been in this advent, this awaiting the birth of Jesus, this excitement of Christmas. And, and we've, we've kind of taken on this theme called the humble king. And the idea is that, is that Jesus left a place of royalty to humbly come to, for us to bring his kingdom and to ultimately have victory over sin and death. And the first week when we read about humility, one of the things that was read um, from somebody reading the Advent um, pre, you know, pre-service was that the word comes from this, this root word meaning a low place or even the ground. And words like lowly, modest, small, meek, they all enhance the meaning of this word. And as Jesus humbly came 
and lived his life, and he humbled himself to death, even death on the cross. What we can do is we could take this attribute of humility, we could put it on, incorporate it in our lives as we walk out into this world. And so we're at the end of the year. We've had 52 weeks as humans to make the changes of life that we committed to make last year. And I would imagine that most of us will look back and say, did I do it? How was my year? Was it a good year? Was it a bad year? And, and when we do that, what we'll start doing is we'll start looking at things like relationally, how was my year? Was it a good year? Did I build relationships? Did, did I enhance the relationships I've had? Financially, was it a good year? Am I richer today than I was last December 31st? Or am I poorer and I have more debt than last December 31st? Did I, did I meet some financial goals that I make? And for some of us, unfortunately, we want to strip off 2018 like an old pair of dirty clothes and put on a fresh 2019. You don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you're just saying, I'm glad the year's done. I'm looking for this fresh start. It's wonderful that, that we you know, live in these seasons and cycles of life where we can kind of say a new beginning, a new start. And I want to encourage you that as you maybe will start reflecting on 2018, even over the next couple of days as we head into the new year, that you would spiritually reflect on 2018. And what I mean by that is, some of the things that you asked God to do through you and in you, did it happen? Did, did you press in? Did your relationship with our Father grow? Is it enhanced? Is it more intimate? Are the things that when you stepped off in 2019 and you, and you knew God saying, hey, this year I'm pushing you out this way. I want you to you know, go this direction for my kingdom. Did that come to pass? Did you... Walk out what God challenged you to. Are spiritually, where are you at today as opposed to last year? And as a church, as we enter into these new areas of life, we get to enter as a group into new areas of growth. And I'm, I'm really excited about 2019. Kind of the layout for the month of January is next week, we're going to just do a brief look back on, hey, what did God do through branches for to bring about his kingdom in Warsaw. And we're going to just look at some of the things that we got to be a part of that God was doing and we got to play a part of for his kingdom. Over the next couple weeks after that, we're going to look at what are some commitments we can make going into 2019? What are some things that, that I can do that God would have me do to further my relationship with him and to serve him as I go into 2019? And then we're going to kick off early February with just some, some exciting things. So just maybe that's my carrot dangling out there. It's, not, it's probably more like kel dangling out there. Some of you think it's exciting, but most of us say it's just kel. So here's, here's, here's a couple of the things that I think we're just going to lean in. It's, it's not going to be fresh, but, it's, but we're going to have a fresh approach. The first is that we're going to just look to continue to commit our walk towards a deeper relationship with God. And um, if we do anything beyond that, before that, we've got the cart before the horse. We need to love God with everything that we are. And then second, kind of in January, what we're going to look at is how can we pull together as branches, as God's body here, how can we lock arms
and to see continued more movement towards loving God as a group, loving others and making disciples. So this theme of Jesus the humble king is a great place for us to start. So as you go into this week, I just want, my hope is that we would, we would actually reflect on 2018, 2019 coming up and ask God, God, is, is there something that I could put on? Can I put Christ on in such a way that in humility I could go out and serve you? And so this is going to be kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. I just want to look at three simple verse, verses in helping us launch out 2019. So here's the verses. We find them in Matthew chapter 11. And they say this. It says, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So here's kind of the setup going back to the, the golf game, the, the using the, the one, the one um, putter to do it is, have you ever been getting ready to go somewhere? Maybe it's Sunday morning church. And you find that you go into your closet, you put on a pair of clothes, you walk out, go into your closet, change, because it just doesn't feel right. You walk out, you look in the mirror, and based on your hair for the day, based on what... Whether you feel a little bit bloated because of what you ate last night, go into your closet. Has anybody ever done that? Nobody wants to admit that. Liars. Jesus will take away your lying spirit. Maybe you've experienced that your spouse does that. Would anybody say you've experienced your spouse has done that? My wife would say she's experienced that her spouse has done that. You know, we do this. We go in and we choose what we're going to put on. And then we choose, if we don't like it, to take it off. And we have this choice. I'm going to put this on, I'm going to wear it. If not, I'm going to take it off, I'm going to put on something else. And like the, the, the clothes that we choose to wear, what I, what I read in these verses is that we have this choice to put on what yoke we want to carry in life. So this word yoke is maybe not a word that we use very often today, but what a yoke is in, in in the biblical times, is, is this piece of carved wood. You might, you know, kind of looks like this. It's rounded on the top and it has t- two humps. And then that yoke would be put between two oxen. Is it oxes? Oxen? Oxen. Yeah, the plural. Two oxy. Um, <laughs> you put it on the backs of two oxen. And then the leader, the master, would then be able to lead those two oxen. And they would, they would be you know, work together to perform a certain task. Now, now, if that, that piece of wood was carved properly, if it was fitted properly to the oxen, it would, it would be light on their backs. It would be easy for them to, 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 to manage. It wouldn't chafe. It, w- it wouldn't, wouldn't rub and, and make them uncomfortable. And it would actually be useful and beneficial for the task that they were going to do. And when they learn to work together and they learn to, to, follow the leading of their, the guy behind them, they could actually get a lot done together carrying this yoke. Another word, a, a, a use of this word yoke in the Bible refers to when a rabbi would call a disciple. And so when a young Hebrew man was, was at the point of his life where he was ready to um, dedicate and commit his life to further spiritual and religious studies and growth, he would look for a rabbi 
to study under, to follow. And, and, and a rabbi would come along and say, take my yoke and follow me. And the idea was that the, 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 the young man would then take on what the rabbi put on him as, as life, as education. This young man, he would leave everything he knows, to, he would leave family, he would leave home to go study under this rabbi. And the rabbi would have full authority over his students. And it could be very challenging and demanding based on what the rabbi chose to give this young man. And so at this point in this scripture, what I think we see is that Jesus is making this invitation to take his yoke, and he's speaking to a group of people who have been weighed down by religious responsibilities from the law. And the law itself wasn't what was weighing them down, but it was the interpretation and the practices of the law heaped on the people. And essentially, the law became a laundry list of do's and don'ts that were made to be kept in order for one person to be righteous. And Jesus comes along and he offers rest and he offers ease of his yoke if we're willing to take off the yoke that we're carrying, put on his yoke and follow him. And so here's what we're going to do over the next couple of minutes. Just simply look at these three verses one by one and just I'm going to offer some thoughts. So Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Then Jesus came and said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And the burdens I believe that Jesus is talking about is these religious burdens that the Pharisees have loaded on the people in, keep, in, in order to keep them right with God. If we go to Matthew 23, here's what it says in verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> it says, Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, The teachers of the religious laws and the Pharisees are the official interpre- interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their examples. For they don't practice what they preach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift the finger to ease their burden. Here's what's happening. If you turn from from chapter 11, where Jesus is saying, come to me and take my yoke, to chapter 12, right at the top, Jesus and his disciples are walking through a field on on, on a Sunday for us on Sabbath. And his disciples are hungry. And they start plucking the tops of the grain off and eating them. And the Pharisees get all fired up. Look, you guys are breaking the Sabbath. And what they're saying is you're breaking the Sabbath because you're harvesting crops on the Sabbath. And they're simply just eating the food. Jesus goes into some dialogue there. What's happened, though, is that the Pharisees are missing the point and carrying this attitude And missing the point of the heart of why the law was given. The reason for the law, which was to show us that we can't 100% fulfill the law. And that we needed God in our life. We needed to follow God. But instead what they did is they stacked upon the law. And created these heavy loads for people to bear. In order to be in good standing with God. So how would that look like for us today? I know that in churches today. We have created burdens that we must bear in order to be in right standing with God. Not in this place, because we got everything correct. <laughs> it's not true. But I, I, I could just speak personally as a, as a kid growing up in a very conservative environment. We had rules like, you can't wear shorts to school, because shorts make you a slacker, and therefore you need to 
wear jeans so that you could be appropriate to the people that you're presenting yourself to. And as a 10-year-old, I wore jeans in Southern California to school in June. If you've been to Southern California in June, it's really hot. And in September, I wore jeans to school because we were told that's what Christians do. And that was a burden that was heaped on us that was, uh, it was, it was just a, a rule. It was just something that somebody told us we had to do in order to be right with God. Now, we start with these laundry lists, right, of things. And some of them are like the top three. You become a Christian. You got to stop smoking. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop cussing. That's a given, right? Because the Bible says we can't drink. And if you get across that point in the Bible where Jesus is making awesome wine, we'll come to us. We'll tell you how to get around that one. You know, because that was different wine in those days, a little bit watered down, and you can ignore some of that scripture. You can't drink. But then we start stacking other things. And, and this becomes the list for Christians today to follow to be right with God. That's how I see it. That's how I see Jesus saying is that what's taking place is that the, God gave this law, and, and the, the Pharisees started stacking rules and rules and do this and do that, and it became this heavy thing for the followers of God to, to bear that they were being crushed underneath it. Maybe you've stacked on yourself rules and laws that nobody's told you. You've just picked them up as, oh, I have to do this as a follower of Jesus. And I challenge you to evaluate that. Like, is that, is that coming from God? Is that easy for you? Makes it useful for you in your walk for, in, in, you know, with, with the Lord? Or is it something that you've stacked on yourself that just is a, a heavy burden that you really just need to shed? And Jesus is saying, when you're heavy, when this burden is weary, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. Jesus looked at, his, his, at the crowd again in Matthew 23, and he said, um, to the crowd and his disciples, the teachers of the religious law. Oh, let me, let me go to a different verse because I messed that one up. My bad. I was almost going to read it again. Let's go to, to verse 29 of 11. So he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And this takes us back to the humble king theme that we've been looking at in December and at the Christmas season. Jesus is declaring in this that as your rabbi, as when you come and take on his yoke, he's going to lead you in humility and in meekness. I think what Jesus is saying, as we walk down this path together, whatever I heap on you to do, I'm willing to do. Whatever I, as, as a, as as my disciple, I put on you and ask you to do, I've already done. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. I'm not going to demand things that are way out there in order to please myself. We're going to walk this together. There's humility. There's meekness. And, that, and that's where I think he's referring to the Pharisees. Again, just after Matthew 1, 23, 1 through 4, 5 through 7, he says, Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes and scriptures, verse, scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra-long tassels, and they love to sit at the head of tables at banquets and in, in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace, and they love to be called rabbi. And, and this is where 
Jesus is saying, when you follow me and learn from me, it's, it's in humility, it's in meekness. He's not saying, I'm going to sit at a high place, wave my finger telling you what to do, and to do things that, again, I'm not willing to do. So Jesus is inviting his followers to, to go where he goes and, and to be humble in how we do this. And then this is the one I want to lean into is the, the last verse, verse 30. It says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burdens I give you is light. And like I said, when a young disciple followed a rabbi, this rabbi could ask and require the disciple to do anything he wanted. And some of these things maybe just simply had zero benefit in that disciple learning. I had a friend who, this was back in the mid-90s, so you have to understand, you know, uh, Metallica, this band Metallica was the hot band at the time. And I had a friend who taught guitar. And so his, this kid in our youth group was paying my friend to go uh, instruct their son and guitar. And the kid, all he wanted to do was learn riffs. Is that what you would say? He just wanted to learn to play like Metallica. And so my friend would give him things to learn, come back the next week, the kid didn't do anything. Hadn't learned it, just, just try to mimic. To, he just wanted to sound cool. And so my buddy told me just to mess with the kid that he, uh, he had him like put his guitar away and just for the next week he had to sit there and just count this like ridiculous beat in his head just to kind of rein him in. And whatever it was, it was completely not useful for learning to play guitar. He just, he just said, I'm just going to do this to this kid just to let him know that I'm the one that's teaching him and he needs to put away this idea of learning to sound cool, but actually to learn how to play guitar. And so what Jesus is saying here is, is when he says my burden is easy, I think an interpretation that we, we think is that it's just going to be an easy road. But like the playing golf with a whole set of clubs, what he's saying is my burden is useful for your life. My burden, my burden is going to help you. What I give you, my yoke, not my burden, my, my yoke is going to help you in your life. If, you, if you're a backpacker, you can choose to load up this heavy, awkward, miserable backpack and go hiking through the woods. Or you can choose to load up a pack that is useful and light and easy to carry. When, when Joe started, gotten in the backpack a couple years ago, backpacking, she started listening to these different like nationwide popular backpackers. And this guy would, would evaluate equipment. And so Joe's brother bought her this really excellent, we found out it was a high-end backpack for her birthday, and she needed to buy sleeping bags and mats and tents and all this stuff. So she's listening to this guy, and the guy's like evaluating different pieces of equipment. So he would take a tent and say, these three tents are tents I suggest. Now let me talk to you about the three tents. Why this one's more useful than this one, because this one has a, a rain flying, and in the, in the, if it's damp, you're not going to get, get wet, and this one, the way it zips, and all this stuff. And then he would say, and this one is an ounce and a half lighter than this one. He measured everything in ounces or what would be the s- smaller than ounces, like micro measurements for weight. So when he's talking about a little burner to cook, you know, cook your coffee in the morning, he would measure it and he'd say, this one's better because it was just like a half an ounce lighter than that one. And so the backpacker, you put it on your back 
and, and you go hiking. And I asked Joe, I said, how heavy is your pack when you're fully loaded down and you're ready to go for, and you could go for a few days out. And she said, at most her pack with all her food and everything is 30 pounds. 30 pounds is nothing. I went backpacking one time with a youth group that I was leading, and we were going to hike three hours and camp for the week. So I did some calculations in my head of what I thought I could carry. I got a backpack, don't even know what quality it was, went to the store. I had a six-man tent. I had a giant sleeping bag. Those were tied to the outside. But in my pack, because I knew we were camping for, for multiple days, I had several, like, cans of food. I even had a... I had a ribeye steak for the first night. I, um, I calculated I'd rather have a heavy burden and eat well than to, than to make it. And so on that three-mile hike in, I was, yeah, I, I was dragging feet on that three-mile in. The group was way ahead of me, but I ate well that night. I ate real well that night. So just get this picture of what Jesus is saying. When we choose to take off whatever yoke that we have put on ourselves or somebody else has put on us, and we say, choose to say, I'm, I'm doing away with that, and I'm putting on Jesus. What he's saying is, is you're taking off that heavy wool jacket that people try to wear and load up, you know, stack up and layer up to climb that mountain peak, and you're putting on like, the sweetest North Face jacket that somebody can create. Super light, super insulated, but thin. There's a couple guys wearing these jackets. I keep hinting to them that I want one. Um, They're expensive, though, but you you get the picture. Jesus is saying, what I'm going to give you is going to help you go further, help you go longer, help you be more efficient, help you fulfill what I'm calling you to do, where I'm leading you when you put on my yoke. And it's easy, and it's not burdensome, and you can do it. So let's just think about real quick some things to reflect on for 2018 going into 2019. If you were going to say, what yoke have I been carrying that isn't from Jesus, you have to ask yourself that question yourself. You have to answer that, self, that question yourself. You have to say, have, am I, have I heaped things on me that tell me that I think is going to draw me closer to God that really don't do it? Have I put burdens on myself, rules, do's and don'ts and stuff that really didn't move me closer to my relationship with God? And then you have to be willing to strip that off. Then you have to be willing to put on what Jesus is offering. When I read what Jesus has commanded us to do, I really see two things that he's commanded us to do. Love God and love other people. And so when I, when I look at that, I say, what Jesus is asking me to do is fully be immersed in my relationship with the Father. And when I do that, then out of that pours out my ability to truly love people like I love myself. And so could we, going into 2019, be a people that said, I'm going to strip off all this other junk that others have heaped on me or I've heaped on myself and simply put on this, this relationship, this intensity to press into my relationship with the Father. To truly say, every part of me is filtered through a love relationship I have with God. Are we able to do that? Can I challenge you that over the next couple of days that you would, you would do some evaluation? 
And, and would you be willing to say, I'm going to go this route. I'm going to go this, this, this easy, light, yoke route of following what Jesus is calling me to do. And regardless of what other people are doing or what other people say or what other people think I need to do to measure up, you know, in the church, sometimes we'll say things like, or we'll, I don't think we say it, but we interpret things and say, and look at it like, oh, that guy serves very well. He must have a really strong relationship with God. Or that guy, man, that guy's here every Sunday. He's doing good. He's solid. Or, man, did you see that guy gave this amount of money to the church this year to help us, you know, help with the ministry? He must be spiritual. We can say she's too, okay? I'm not just singling out men, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. She, 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 he, he, he. And we, we say these are the things that, that prove that we're followers of Jesus. And there's, there's nothing of that in there. How about this person loves God so much that when I see him interact with a person, I see his relationship with God flowing out into that person that they're interacting with. I would like to be explained and, and described that way more than, man, that guy serves really good. He does a good job serving. And so this would be my evaluation for the next couple days of what is 2019 going to look like with me? What am I going to choose to put on? And, I, and we have this offer from Jesus. Take my yoke, put it on. It's, it's not heavy. It's not burdensome. You will find rest from all the junk you've been carrying and it'll be useful as you move into the next year. Does that make sense? Can you stand with me? I wonder if even in some of this talk, you've already been able to recognize some of the burden that you're carrying that you know that you don't need to be carrying. Did God, did God bring that to mind during this talk? Did, did, you, did you start to say, yeah, why do, I, why do I think I have to do that? Or why, who told me that this, this is necessary with my walk with God? And you recognize, I don't, that's actually weighing me down. It's not helping me useful to, and pushing me forward. Here's what I want to do. If, if, you, if, if you heard something like that or thought something like that, let's just say if you thought, wow, yeah, I, somebody told me I couldn't do this, but I know that that's not done anything. I want to ask that you would take that off and leave that here. And so maybe you have to, during this next worship song, you have to just picture yourself taking off this wooden yoke, this weight, and saying, I'm no longer going to choose to carry that, and I'm going to choose to carry what Jesus has for me. So maybe you have to do that. Maybe you need to come forward at the end of the song, and there'll be people standing up here, and you need to say, will you pray with me that I can be released of this burden that I've been carrying that I don't don't need to carry? Because it just is not useful in my relationship with God. And so at the end of of the song, We'll be dismissed, and there'll be some people that will kind of, you'll see them move up here to the front, and, and they're here to pray with you and ask God to join in whatever in your life you need to release, whatever in your life you need God to come in and play a part in. And I want to encourage you that that's, this is the most important part of the hour and a half we're, we've just spent, is, is walking out of here, allowing God to do something in your life that 
you weren't allowing him to do when you walked in or giving God something that you hadn't given him an hour and a half ago. The most important part of the service is that we come to a place of saying, I do not need to carry that anymore. I need to give that to God. Or I need to ask God to intervene in my life in this way. So we pray for, we pray for physical healings. We pray that God will come and heal you physically. So if you walked in here with some, something physical, out of whack, come get prayed for. We feel, pray for relational and emotional things to be straightened out. We pray for burdens to be released. We pray for if, if, if you just have a headache, simple headache, we'll pray for you that God will heal you from that. So I just want to encourage you, don't, don't cut this time off short. God wants to, wants to meet you at a certain place, and this is where it happens. So, Father, we just love you. God, um, I just pray that you were honored and glorified in our worship in, in the words today, God, that as we have pressed into loving you, we have been able to love others. Lord, would you just continue as we worship to speak to us, to encourage us, to, to poke us and prod us a little bit, to being willing to, to strip away things that just don't make a hill of beans in our relationship with you. And, and, and free us from things that, so that we can, we can be youth, useful for your kingdom, but ultimately grow closer to you. So God, just give the person in here right now that is, is maybe teetering on, should I do this, should I not, should I walk forward, should I not? Would you give them just um, encouragement and, and, and boldness to walk forward and say, hey, I need God to intervene in my life. And Lord, everything that takes place is for your kingdom, and we give you glory for it. And we worship you in Jesus' name, amen.